This is Doing Translational Research, a podcast from the Bronfenbrenner Center for Translational Research in the College of Human Ecology at Cornell University. Welcome to Doing Translational Research. Um, I'm your host, Tony Burrow. I serve as the director of the Bronfenbrenner Center for Translational Research at Cornell. And I have the honor today of being joined by our special guest, Yuda Dauterweich. Yuda is Director of Training and Technical Assistance for the ACT for Youth Project. More generally, her professional work has focused on community-based experience in mental health and human services across New York and New Jersey. And more recently, her work has centered on training and curriculum development in the areas of collaboration, community building, positive youth development, adolescent sexual and mental health, and implementation science. Welcome, Yuda. Well, thank you very much, Tony. It's a pleasure to be here. And I, uh, yeah, I, I look forward to have this conversation to talk about uh, my work and, and how it connects to the Bonfimbrenner Center for Translational Research. Great, great. We're, we're, we're excited to have you join us today. Um, so, uh, of course, we could jump right into more of your background, your training and professional experience. But before we do that, it might be appropriate to uh, alert our audience uh, to our breaking news or as close as we can get to such things on a recorded podcast, but to mention that you formally announced your retirement from the Bronfenbrenner Center a bit later this year. Isn't that, isn't that right? That's right. I will be retiring by the end of June of this year. Oh my goodness. After 22 years at the Bronfenbrenner Center for translational research. Oh my goodness. My goodness. My, well, of course, congratulations on, on a you. career a career well pursued and delivered and and thank you sincerely thank you for your contributions to the Bronfenbrenner Center um i suppose then that today we have a chance to be a bit more reflective than usual uh, to take an opportunity to get your insights and thoughts on your career overall and what various experiences have meant to you um if that's all right with you sure um great so so let's begin so to launch into things Suppose it could be helpful if you gave our audience a sense of how long you've been with the Bronfenbrenner Center. I know you said 22 years, but but in what capacities? What does that look like over the past 22 years? Well, I actually came to the Bronfenbrenner Center after several years working in the community. And right before coming to the Bronfenbrenner Center, I worked with a teen pregnancy and parenting program where I worked with all the different service sectors in the community trying to uh, help uh, young people who are pregnant and parenting um, to really um, come to grips with this and get a good start and then also uh, get the resources they need to be able to do that and hopefully work towards self-sufficiency. So having that background, I came to the Bronfenbrenner Center to write a curriculum on collaboration with community service agencies that uh, support uh, families in need and are at risk for child abuse. And I really, and this is the first time I actually wrote a curriculum, and this was a, a great experience for me. And it showed showed me that I had some, some skills I wasn't really aware of, uh, that I really like to look at what the research says and, and look at insights that come from research and also from practice, and then take that knowledge and try to create resources that help practitioners um, support their work and then ultimately so, so help the teen parents really move forward and, and uh, other families in need. 
So I really learned that, you know, looking at research and, and trying to figure out what what is really being said and how can you translate this into resources and training material that practitioners and people in the community can use. And I kind of continue this kind of work throughout my time at the Bronfenbrenner Center. I moved from this collaboration project to uh, the positive youth development field and worked with Act for Youth in its founding stages um, when we looked at positive youth development as a, a public health approach uh, and strategy and worked with community coalitions to really uh, operationalize this and, and use this approach in their work. And now in more recent years, we, we would work more with provider groups that are focused on sexuality education and lesson sexual health. And we moved into this area of implementation science, looking at how do you help providers, practitioners use evidence-based programs that they actually can scale those up and, and get the results they were looking for. So I've been really focused on, you know, looking at knowledge at research, and then how do you transfer this over to training materials, website materials, web resources that help practitioners do their work. That's, it's really interesting. Um, the sort of the, the broad sort of landscape of, of not just your work, but your journey through it and sort of sort of the, you shared an early experience of writing a curriculum that you had not done before at that point And with that sort of the insight that that gave you all the way through now. And so I think, Sort of the, the turn I want to make here might be a bit difficult to parse down to just, I guess, a handful of sentences, but how would you describe your work over your career? Um, and I guess a way of thinking about this is, what is the biggest question or issue that your work has aimed to answer? Uh, can you, is, it, is it possible to find sort of the center of gravity for you across, across your career? I think I've been... Uh, really struggling or really trying to to get to the point where I, I try to create change. I mean, I, I try to engage practitioners if they are community agencies. Uh, didn't matter if it were welfare agencies I worked with initially or now the uh, agencies that provide sexuality education. But how do you engage these practitioners and create change that they do things differently uh, that are informed by by research and science uh, without, you know, turning them off because change is always difficult. And it's always, if you're asking people to do things differently, there's a loss they have to deal with that they, they're used to doing things in a certain way and you are trying to create that change. So creating that change and helping people understand and, and buy into this, I think has been at the center and for different topic areas, uh, if it's collaboration or the positive youth development and youth work, how do you work with young people? Or if it's around evidence-based programs and how do you um, scale them up in, uh, in a real-world situation? You know, what's really interesting to reflect on that for a second is um, there's one, the, the work of delivering something thought to be helpful or beneficial to, to different communities but you're also speaking to sort of the, the process by which that happens. And, and even when you're holding something good or something that could improve a community's experiences, you have to go through the sometimes difficult part of, of, of helping them understand that. And, you, and how that, you said, you even used the word loss, that they may, you may change their 
sort of program or their existing curriculum and you're sort of introducing something better that that they right. ha- it takes a while for them to understand that's a really really interesting insight um sort of i want to i want to provide a chance to sort of really pull this out i think i hear it in what you're saying but um what motivated you to to do this work ha- has there been a sort of singular motivation or you've been motivated by different things over time what, what are your sources of motivation for doing the work that you do oh i really um I think I recognize that this is something uh, I could actually do well, which I didn't realize before. And I like the variety that I can take the time, really try to understand what the research, what the knowledge base is, and then how do you <clears throat> engage people in in this? And how do you present it to them that they can understand it, that they can relate to it, that they... Uh, I really get a relationship, can build a relationship with this material and then use it and, and really change their practice. So uh, I think that is very satisfying when it happens. And I have to say that it doesn't happen all the time. Uh, I think it is a struggle. It's not easy to, uh, to find the way that you reach people. I mean, for some people, it is a training. It's uh, helping them experience uh, the material and help them reflect on it and then integrate in what they do with others. It could be just something that we have posted online, tools they can use and reflect on. So it's not easy to reach people. And we have, we've had in our team many discussions on how do you really reach people in the field that they uh, buy into this and, and consider changing their behavior. Um, so it's not like a one-way thing. I mean, it also depends on, I think, in conversation with the practitioner, with the provider, and hear what they bring to the table and really try to build on their strengths, um, which is also something we promote in positive youth development. So I think we use these elements in many different ways. Um, so I forgot now what your concrete question was. No, no, no. You, you've, you've, you've really answered it. I, I was curious about your motivations. Oh, the motivation, right. But, but, you know, if I could, if I could kind of push a bit further, and I recognize this is off script, so if you want to edit this later, we can. But I'm, I'm actually really curious when you speak to the fact that sometimes it doesn't work or, or, and, and maybe all of the time it's a challenge because it is a two-way street. Can you give your insights or thoughts about the times in which it doesn't work? When you, when you, when you have an idea and your team has an idea of something that could be an improvement and you try to translate that improvement to community, what does that look like when it doesn't work or there's challenges? I think in our most recent example, working with um, adolescent sexual health providers that do sexuality education, we do have providers that have been part of the project. They've been involved in training. They've been involved in web training. We provided them with lots of different kinds of resources and we, and we, we, provide individual TA, technical assistance. So we have this ongoing relationship with people and engage them periodically, uh, like every two, three months in a longer conversation and, and checking in on them. There's some providers who just don't buy into this. And and I would say that they will continue to, they just do this, they, they participate because they kind of, it's a project, it's a grant funded opportunity for them so they participate because they they expected to but they're not taking it um 
back to their work situation and they're not changing anything. And I, you know, I, I mean, it's frustrating. And I think our team has, has had many discussions over certain practitioners, um, but we can only try. And we try different things. We try different approaches. We do develop relationships with providers or with, with agency folks we're working with. So I think that is a, a big advantage that we have longstanding relationships. Mm-hmm. It's not just a one-time training. And we see them in training, so we see face-to-face, at least before the pandemic. And now we have lots of web contacts where we have Zoom meetings, Zoom trainings. Um, but I think there's a reality that sometimes you just we can't figure out the right way. It's, it's frustrating, but we do have also a lot of positive experiences where people really responded to what we offered and and what we presented and the resources we provide them with and they have tried things out in their own in their own work setting so we we take that as okay you know you take the good ones and and you go with that no i really appreciate this sort of you know transparent reflection on things that work things things that don't work i mean the podcast is dedicated to kind of hearing about and trying to understand the the full the fullness of doing this work and so i appreciate your your willingness to to delve into something that can be frustrating to, to be sure and hopefully you can sort of couple that with a positive sort of gl- a glimmer into things here or we'll see how you respond but um what are you most fond of having worked with the Bronfenbrenner center and whether that involves your colleagues, the various projects you've worked on, or the products and materials, curricula that you developed. What gives you the most joy as you reflect on your time with the center? I think um, that our Act for Youth team, um, we have been working together for a pretty long period of time. I mean, not since the beginning. We have some changes, obviously. But um, I think this this team has really come together and we work really well together and I have a great training team. So we are on the same page. We connect well with our providers. So that's definitely something that I'm really proud of and I'm really enjoy doing. And we have really positive relationships with each other. Um, the other thing that actually was really fun in the beginning when I came to the Bronfenbrenner Center and the center is comprised of all these different projects that are kind of working on their own and and they don't intersect very often. So when I came to the center and got to know some of the other projects and we were also not in one place, we were kind of distributed, you know, in the building and didn't come together very often. And I was working on this curriculum on collaboration. So I, I organized a couple of potluck lunches to get to know people because they were sitting in other places and I had no idea what some of the projects were doing. Um, and so we had this one room in the middle that was kind of the copy room, had all the machines, more machines than we now need anymore. Um, and we had this huge table in the middle uh, that we usually use to collate you know, curricula or training material. And so we organized this potluck lunch and a lot of people came and this was really this informal getting to know you kind of experience. And we maintained those luncheons for a while and we did them also when we came later on to the new building. Um, and I think this this is kind of an experience I got from, from working on collaboration. How do you bring people together and have them work together, even if they have all kinds of preconceived notions what the other people are doing and they have 
often miss around what other people are doing and they have some bad experiences that hold against them. So I think these informal get-to-know-you gatherings that are pleasurable, that involve food, that involve <laughs> informal conversations can really be big relationship-building components. Mm -hmm. And this really worked with us, too, with the Bronfenbrenner Center. Mm -hmm. It worked with community coalitions I worked with. Mm -hmm. um, it's an important aspect. So what really, how do you build relationships that you can talk to each other without like being blocked off by, you know, assumptions and notions you have through other history, that other occurrences that happened in the past? That that's wonderful. I mean, as as a as director of the center, I'm I'm grateful <laughs> for that perspective. That that um, outfits like ours uh, bring together wonderful teams of people to get really focused on something, and sometimes lose sight of each other. That there's people across projects uh, that we don't know as much about what they do as we know, kind of within our own lanes. And any opportunity to bring people together in community across projects really does give identity to the center as a whole and makes the work environment and, and our understanding of our work uh, stronger. So I, that's a really, really interesting reflection that, that turns the gaze inward kind of on our own center and the work that we do. I'm curious if we, if we kind of ask a similar question, turning the gaze outward, you know, one of the sort of shared features of projects at the Bronfenbrenner Center is that they are often done in partnership with community stakeholders. And you've already spoken to a number yeah. of these. Um, what has working with community partners meant to you? And as you think about this, and you, you've already shared some, some insights into some challenging, frustrating experiences and even some positives, but what, what has that meant to you to work with community partners uh, over the years? I think it's a great experience working with community partners. And I think one of my strengths is actually that I used to be a community service provider, community-based uh -huh. service provider. Okay. So when I came to Cornell, went to the Bronfenbrenner Center, I'm not, I, I didn't follow the typical academic career. So I've been working in the community, first in the mental health field and then with teen parents for many years. And I was able to bring that experience with me and also help me in my work to recognize, you know, what kind of resource, what kind of training would engage a community service provider? What are the issues they're facing? And so, so I had a better, different perspective. And this, this perspective, I think, was very helpful in, in my role as trainer and then as TA provider, technical assistance provider and, and developer of, of resources and training material. Uh, so working with community partners always has been uh, in the forefront and I'm bringing that, that perspective as well. But I learned working with coalitions when we started Act for Youth in 2000, uh, working with community coalitions, it was just in, in different counties in upstate New York and then uh, later on in New York City. It is just so, uh, I think, enriching to meet community people that come from a very different perspective. They have these different challenges, but they also have a lot of insight. And so what you learn from them, I think listening to them and, and trying to understand where they're coming from is really helpful to really create also some resources that are in turn helpful to them. And so I think these relation, that's all about relationship building, listening, coming to their meetings, being part of the meetings. Like when, I, for example, when I worked, when Act for Youth started, I worked as the kind of TA provider um, with five community coalitions, and they were spread all over the state. So from the 
Pennsylvania border to the North Country. And I spend a lot of time on the road just going to uh, meetings they held and meeting with their youth adult partnerships, doing trainings on site for that particular group that, that was that was working in the same community. And I met a lot of other community members that are not officially part of this project that they connected with in their community coalitions. So I learned a lot from them too. And uh, that brought that back into, I think, the work I was doing at Cornell. I, I appreciate that, that when asked to think about you know, what is notable about working with community partners, you've sort of highlighted their insights is they bring a perspective and experience that can shape the work you're doing and how, how you're doing it. And so that's a really, that's, I think that's a really uh, interesting insight. What, what about you? Uh, when you think about your career and the insights you've gained over the years doing your work, um, what do you think is important for the general public to know or understand? Are there any sort of, you know, noteworthy points of consideration that, that the average person you think really should should know? Uh, I would highlight that I really learned that community is important. And actually my work um, at Cornell was also informed, like I, I live right downtown Ithaca and I, I was for many years a chair of a, of a neighborhood association. And we built this neighborhood association by doing these informal gatherings and getting to know your neighbor. And it wasn't necessarily issues that drove the coalition right away or the, the neighborhood association. So I think community is important and building community and getting to know community partners and then sharing your insights, but also are willing to listen to what other people have to say. And the, the insights they have, I think, is critical. And this includes young people. So I've worked for many years to really promote a positive youth development approach. And a lot of people, uh, a lot of youth service agencies say they're using this, but mm. they're still mm. looking at young people as the, the people who don't have the experience, they don't have the life experience, the training, so their voices are not as important. And it, it's always... It's, it's, they're not on par with us. And I think we need to look at young people also as citizens, as, that, as people who have perspectives and insights and they, they have expertise in some, area, in some areas, also recognizing that they need support to be able to express those. They don't have the same resources we have as adults. Um, but that's the other thing. I think we need to build community, and it's important to, to value all the members of the community, including young people. You know, I can attest to this. I've seen your presentations and trainings on positive youth development. You, you sort of pick up scholarship and research on youth themselves and sort of share that as an opening of what their promise and capacities are. Um, it's interesting to see you pull that through as um, um, we're heading in the right direction, but we may not be there. You still see organizations that may not be fully recognizing or actualizing the, the possibility of, of young people. Um, so I think that question and your response to it kind of telegraphs sort of a final question. But if I could kind of ask you to distill it down, um, what if there was one real world change or impact that you hope that your work has made, what would it be and, and why? I think I interfaced and, and, and interacted with many 
agencies and providers across the state and in, in New York City as well as upstate New York over the last 22 years. And I think I've sent, I sent the same messages. I think the youth development message is actually the strongest, that young people deserve a, a place at the table and they have the potential and we need to nurture them and we need to give them the opportunity. And this came through uh, with, um, with our work with the, that is funded through the New York State Health Department with the, the sexual health um, initiative we are, we are supporting right now. We integrate a positive youth development approach in this and we're talking to providers about this. Um, so I think this has been a, a, one of the themes that really carried through. And I think I helped the New York State Health Department appreciate it more. And um, we got the message to some of the, the policymakers at that level. Um, yeah, and I think just the connection with the, the communities uh, across the state that some of the, the people I have worked with for 20 years so we carry some of our messages to these communities and there are people who maintain that and will co continue and sustain that message. So, so I think that's, that's the best I can say. <laughs> no, no, yeah, absolutely. I totally follow. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, Yuda, I am honored to uh, may have been one of the last formal interviews while you are still here at the Bronfer Brenner Center to have a chance to sit down and, and speak with you as you reflect on your career. Um, again, thank you so much for your contributions to the center and for taking a moment out of your your day-to-day -day to chat with us. Thanks so much, Tony. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So um, that'll do it for this episode. Please join us next time on Doing Translational Research. information about translational research or the work of the Bronfenbrenner Center, please visit www.bctr.cornell.edu.